Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. My name is Jarrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anchor.fm forward slash 440. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at the 440 Guitar Podcast just to get updates on the episodes coming out. Uh, you can also check out the website at 440guitarpodcast.com. Shows you information on uh, the podcast, uh, some information on myself, and you can also leave me some uh, questions or a message or whatever y- you want on the website as well. Uh, so today I have uh, a very uh, a very special guest or guests I should say these these folks are the headliners for this awesome band that has been compared to as far as their energy on stage. Uh, Black Keys and Alabama Shakes. Uh, they have their fifth studio album that just recently released uh, called Sprezzatura. Uh, without further ado, I have allowed. We have uh, Jen De La Rosa. Jen, or Jen De La Rosa, excuse me. Jen, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for thank you for asking. I have my my coffee, so I'm wide awake. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and then we have the other. We have the guitarist and uh, also vocalist uh, Henry. Henry, how are you? I am good. I also had coffee, so I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for anything right now. Very awesome. Very awesome. How do you pronounce your last name? I, I wanted, I was going to try to do it. I, just, I, could, I kept looking at it. I, like, I can't, I can't. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you recognizing your limitations and not, uh, <laughs> uh, it, I, I pronounce it bigger Uh, my Begerstein. family pronounces it some other way. Uh, I, I don't think anybody, well, cause nobody in my family speaks Basque. So nobody oh. knows. <laughs> Gerstein. Uh, okay. Very, yeah. very cool. Very cool. Um, so as far as just uh, before we get started, I mean, the days of, of quarantine, how has it been treating you guys? I don't know what time is anymore. Uh, <laughs> so it's been the longest uh, 100 years of my life. <laughs> 100 years of almost solitude. Yeah. yeah and it's only Tuesday. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's been okay. I think everybody's struggle is just kind of like um, creating a new routine, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're suddenly... Uh, left with all this uh, time on your hands and uh, you have to figure out how to fill it because um, you used to work eight hours a day and then you don't. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of put you guys at a, at a standstill, you know, I know you guys are probably used to, you know, touring and playing at a bunch of venues. So just yeah. having it where you're just one, one place you're like, dang, now what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's totally put a bit of a kibosh on, on shows and you know, that, that sort of in-person interaction is kind of the, it's the, it's, there's nothing really like it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it, it just, it, you're so many steps further down the road, um, with communicating with people and, and, and just kind of having a real meaningful connection with that, um, that you don't mm-hmm. get from, you know, various other things that you might do. Um, because you got to get somebody to listen first, right? <laughs> if yeah, you're there in the room, yeah. then you know that you know, that's halfway already there. But um, there, you know, you just kind of get creative with it. Um, there's a thousand other things besides that that you need to be doing anyway. Um, some mm-hmm. things you still can't do, or you have to do them a little differently. Um, yeah. you know, uh, videos you can't really shoot inside um, unless it's just you and and a, and a phone camera. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, 
so we had to, actually before we got going to release the record, we had half a video shot in end of February. And we mm. still have half a video shot. And we still have half a video <laughs> shot because the uh, unfortunately the, the the final date that would have been the stuff that's the narrative that's indoor. It's all indoor, mm. and it's like all of us sort of very close proximity. Um, mm. It it happened like the day it was scheduled for like the day after. Mm. It kind of became like a real thing where everybody had to stay home, and you know the director's roommate was sick, and we didn't know if it was regular sick or covid sick and we're like i guess we're just gonna have to postpone this you know right dang dang Mm. well hopefully once this blows over you guys can uh, finish that video that's halfway done (laughs) yeah i mean no matter what we may as well finish it because it is it's it's almost there right but um but yeah it it may be a minute (laughs) yeah yeah uh, so on the 440 Guitar Podcast, really big on origin stories, how folk, how uh, musicians and artists uh, uh, come into their their own and, you know, where they're at today. Uh, so without further ado, whoever wants to go first with this question, uh, what are your earliest memories of music? Uh, I remember uh, my my mom is a massive Paul McCartney fan and uh mm. My first memory of anything musical was seeing the cover of Venus and Mars, like the LP just lying mm. around. Um, and, and I guess like there was always like a, like a piano, like in the house, like, you know, like at my grandma's house or, or my parents' house. So, you know, between just like all the Beatles shit that my mom just had lying around and like a piano and stuff, it was just always, mm. it was always very present and uh, just in my life, like from as far back as I can remember. Mm. Um, so really, it's it's uh, my parents' fault that uh, all this happened. <laughs> we can blame our parents for a lot of shit, I think. Yeah, yeah. I hope you're listening and or are happy, mom and dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's pretty similar with me, actually. Um, mm-hmm. My I spent a lot of time at my grandparents um, as a kid, and uh, my grandmother used to teach piano. There was always a piano in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Sunday, like, family dinners and like it would always end with her playing and her making me play with her and so i just Mm. learned how to play by ear with that um and then you know they got me in lessons or whatever but it was also my mom's record collection um Mm. just kind of sifting through all of those um you know greatest hits of like every every you know 60s band lots of lots of rolling stones and elton john um Uh. in there um and and just like honestly just the the radio uh, on in the car whenever my dad would drop us off at school or coming back from those Sunday uh, dinners, like just kind of uh, leaning my head against the, the car seats, you know, the, the door or whatever, um, mm. and just listening with my eyes closed. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. So it sounds like piano is the first instrument you guys kind of, uh, that, that you guys got attached to or started kind of learning in a sense. Is, is that right? Or Henry, were you playing? Uh, band piano as well or was it kind of around it was just kind of around uh i mean i i, I play like uh me and my friends call it hey jude piano because it's just like <laughs> kind of smashing on it like that's about <laughs> as far as like i can i can manage but um for me like guitar was like a very like i i kind of fixated on that once uh mm. i figured out what it was mm. um and like my dad's uh brothers like a lot of them also play guitar so that you know uh, I mean, we're, we're Cuban, so there's like a, a thousand of us and my dad's like immediate family. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like we, we'd go over for like, uh, like Christmas Eve to my, uh, 
my grandparents' house and like there'd be like like at least five guitars just like hanging around and then you know one of my uncles would be like you know here's a song about how stupid you know his sister is or whatever you know and they just like tease each other and stuff yeah. um so i think you know i think it, it was uh you know it was inevitable that i would just pick up a guitar uh yeah i think you were playing from a pretty early age with the guitar weren't you like yeah like i uh i think it was middle school when uh like seventh like we were picking classes for seventh grade and i saw a guitar and um and actually it's funny because i specifically remember this one uh again back to mccartney mm-hmm. uh this McCartney song called hope of deliverance that has this like amazing sounding 12 string on it. Mm. And I remember being like, I should probably finally learn how to play guitar. So I signed up for a uh, guitar class in, in school. Um, and that was just kind of it. Mm. <laughs> like, it, was, it was, it was all downhill from there. It's interesting that it was around the same time. I don't know why in my head I thought it was earlier, but it was huh. kind of a similar thing um, that like middle school was kind of where the guitar, like it was always the guitar because we listened to rock music. I listened to rock music. So it was always, you wanted to play the guitar, but middle mm. school, I think maybe a year after you then, cause it was eighth grade for me. 13 mm. is when I was like hassled my parents to get me the cheapest guitar possible. And then just uh, like learned, you know, chords off like guitar magazines, you know, Mm. Um, (laughs) and it was that was like 1996, I think. And Mm. so that would have been, you know, for us, especially both being Beatle Freaks and um, the anthologies were out and uh, and Oasis was the story of Morning Glory, which I was obsessed with with that man, that, that whole thing. That was that was honestly, it was them that sort of the catalyst of like, I have to start a band. Like mm-hmm. that was because uh, it, it, it was one of those things where it was just kind of like music was always around. It was always a part of me. I knew pretty early on from being very small, like I'm going to do something in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was 13, it was like, I'm going to start a band because it was just after kind of, you know, the influence from Oasis and that. And that was sort of the that was sort of where it was all no turning back. <laughs> and then as far as songwriting or, or yeah. i would say singing for us to start was what as far as when you were learning guitar um i mean as far as the process of like singing and mm-hmm. and then in everything how was that process for you starting off was that something that you were always comfortable with or was that something that was kind of like a growing pains thing uh the singing part um yeah I'd always been doing that for as long as I can remember. Um, Mm. It was like, like singing with my sister or singing in the shower or Mm. like, you know, church choir or something like that. Mm. Um, And it was always sort of in, you know, and, 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 you know, I got lucky people encouraged me to do it. Um, Mm. I don't think they could have stopped you. if (laughs) They probably couldn't. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just one of those things that I immediately connected with, like those things that, that I kind of, say define me right being a singer uh writing songs and playing my guitar those things have such an effect on me and and we're mm. so and we're so immediate when i first got to them that i couldn't i couldn't see life without them mm. wow yeah and then what about you henry did it was it pretty uh, pretty free-flowing for you as well or yeah uh, i mean singing i had to grow into mm. uh and I think, honestly, being in a band with Jen was uh, was very helpful to like push me into that because I was not about to let her hog all the glory. To be fair, I did uh, push you into it. I was like, you should sing something. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was uh, you know just like a slight push I needed. Um, yeah, but just because like my you know I I was very uh, isolated uh, growing up. Like I, I didn't you know 
that wasn't really allowed to like go out anywhere. So like basically my world was like my room and my guitar and, mm. and uh, my albums and stuff. Uh, and I, th- I thought I could sing, but you know, when I, you know, the moments I listened back to those demos that I would record in my room with like my four track, you know, I'd be like, mm. and I think like that was, that was fine, you know, cause I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to make a lot of noise. Um, but I do remember the first time Jen and I got together to play, mm. Uh, just to kind of feel things out, you know, and she, she starts wailing and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> she does not give a fuck. And it's, just, it's all coming out. So it's like, oh, I, I better figure out how to, how to do this. Um, but how did, how did you guys, how did you guys meet for the first time? Uh, well, uh, do, do you want to tell her? Um, <laughs> Well, you know, we mentioned, we both mentioned our grandparents. I think we both yeah. spent a lot of time um, at our grandparents' house while our, while our parents went out to make the bacon. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was our grandparents who, who sort of introduced us. Um, yeah. So um, our grandparents, our families actually known each other since, uh, since they, they both came over from Cuba and they've known mm. each other since Havana. I mean, I have a, we have a, got a picture in our living room of Henry's great grandmother and my great grandmother walking his grandmother in Havana in a street. So like oh, wow. the families have known each other for a long time. We didn't meet until uh, we were, like I think 14. 14? I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, my parents threw a party for my grandparents, a 40 year anniversary party. His grandparents came to that. And my grandfather you know, would always kind of like, Hey, go play the piano, go play the piano. Um, and he would always request Obla di Obla da as best as he could say it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so I played that and then I guess they went home and they were like, Hey, there's another kid who, um, yeah. you know, likes the Beatles and plays piano. You should meet. And so they came over to my grandparents, um, at some point when we were, you know, they were taking care of us over there and, uh, and he brought, well, I brought over my, yeah, I brought my, like, uh, like I just gotten like an electric guitar. Um, yeah. So it's like, all right, let me bring this. Uh, yeah. So he, he came <laughs> over and, you know, uh, we were just kind of like, all right, well, let's play something. So we, I think we, we played three songs. We played uh, Hey Jude, Twist and Shout, and Don't Look Back in Anger. Mm. And uh, and that was the first time I think I'd ever really made noise with another person. Hmm. Yeah. No, it was, and I think specifically Don't Look Back in Anger, because that was the last one of the three that we played. And that was kind of like a, a little moment because it was like a... a you know, modern song, you know, like it had just come out. So it's like, okay, so you're not just like, you know, batting around the oldies here, you know, and you're into Oasis. So it's like, holy shit. (laughs) So naturally we didn't play together again for like another year because we were both, you know, we were, we were both pretty, uh, you know, I think you, Jen, had asked, like, you know, oh, are you, are you in a band? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in a band. How about you? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in a band. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of like, you know, chest puffing and, and everything, but like, I, you know, but we, we stayed in touch, you know, throughout the year, uh, on, uh, on this antiquated messaging service called, uh, AOL instant messenger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, uh, what was it? Yeah. Oh, this, this is pretty funny. Uh, so the, you had a drummer, uh, mm-hmm. for the, for the band, uh, yeah. our friend Mike, hmm. and I was chatting with him on, on, uh, instant messenger and, uh, he was just like, Hey, uh, so, you know, Jen asked me to ask you, you know, uh, if you wanted to like play guitar in the band, cause we need a lead guitarist. You play lead guitar. And I lied. I'm like, yeah, I could totally play lead guitar. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, uh, 
we got together. Oh, like immediately I got us a gig. <laughs> so that oh, already wow. elevated my, you know, it was like a, like a talent show at the, the church I was uh, going to at the time. Uh, and oh, what was it? Yeah. I think in short order, Mike disappeared because like he just didn't show up to the gig. Mm. So right, I was like, right. oh, I guess, I mean, and, and you know, to be fair to Mike too, he wasn't really a drummer per se. He was just like a friend of ours that could, that had a kit and could beat things around. Mm. Um, but yeah, from that point on, uh, it has been just the two of us, like really, you know, pushing forward with music and shit, you know, mm -hmm. wow. I don't know, man. That's great. That's really cool. I mean, as far as, um, as far as like songwriting, you know, writing songs and stuff, um, is there a certain way you guys collaborate together to, to, to get together to do it? Do you guys kind of like chip in ideas that you build one song or does one person write a song and then the next band song or whatever, the other person, it's a song. How does that work? It's all pretty different. Um, mm. It just, it kind of depends on how much is there um, mm. before we show it to the other person. Um, it could be, I mean, it could be that maybe I've just got like a verse and then, or a chorus and I show it to them and then we sort of fill out the rest together. Or it mm. could be that, you know, when that moment struck, I just had, most of the song and you know henry will come in and and sort of be like we need to you know here's change this lyric or or you know let's do this tag at the end or instead of doing that repeating that again there let's change it and do this bit here um mm. so it it kind of just depends on how far along in that initial inspiration process um you know the music kind of comes along mm. um that's generally how it is that like one of us will have something and then we'll say okay we're going to we're going to sit down and work on a song today and we sort of show each other, okay, we've got this or I want to work on this, or we might show each other what we've been collecting and be like, okay, well we, I'm, I'm feeling that today. Let's work on that. Hmm. Basically anything that makes sure that we're not bored with, with what we're doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, we both have to be yeah. excited. Like if, if I bring yeah. something in and I don't see him reacting to it, then that's kind of like, oh, maybe this isn't as good as I thought, you know, or something like that. Mm. We, we sort of, we check each other in that way. And so you really have yeah. to make sure that what you're bringing in is, you know, it, it, it's got to be a, a bit, it's got to pass that next filter test, mm. you know. Sounds like you guys trusted each other too. Cause you know, I, I, I remember speaking to uh, one of my, one of my good friends, he had a song that he showed to his drummer and his drummer was like, no, I don't like that. And he was like, well, I'm going to play it anyway, or like, we're going to play it like in another practice. So then eventually they liked it, you know? So right, right. Yeah, they, yeah. That you guys were, you know, like, oh, well, no, I trust you. Maybe, maybe. We'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of it too, uh, at least for me, and, and this extends into like our interactions with our, with our bandmates. Um, you know, when you, you know, again, just like me being like a, a lonely kid, you know, when you find like a connection that strong with someone, Mm -hmm. you don't want them to go away <laughs> so uh you know so you, you want to make sure that they're having just as much fun with the thing as you are mm -hmm. or or they're entertained or they, they're excited about it you know uh mm -hmm. so you know I've, I've i've heard similar things where you know it's like well i don't like this song but the fucking singer wants to wants to play or is walking <laughs> off so whatever you know and, yeah and, yeah you know so our approach is like you know if we see that like you know charles our, our race player is getting bored with something or you know we can mm -hmm. find it kind of vibe off that you know, we might like not include that on a set list or something or, you know, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's kind of trusting the people that you work with 
um, in order to just have a good time mm. with everything. Cause like no, none of us have to do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, making bank on it. So yeah. And, right. and that's not to say that like, you know, um, that's not to say that everybody likes everything you bring in right away or anything like that. Yeah. Like, and I know that like, sometimes like, you know, it might have to grow on somebody or you might have to like really work out the arrangement to make sure it's going to work. You have to sort of see things out. But in terms of just when, even before it gets to that stage, um, I think Henry and I know what each other are capable of. We know what we can do. And if something's not quite reaching that point and we're just doing it to, you know, fill in like a track on a record, like we'll tell each other that, you know, and Mm. like it's not quite there. Um, I don't think it's strong enough or maybe it's more of like a bonus track or something like that, you know. Um, and we, and I think that we genuinely really like each other's songs. So we enjoy, um, being able to, you know, put our grubby little hands on him, you know, um, <laughs> if, if he brings in a gem, yeah, I'd like a piece of that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, it works out. It's good collaboration. And, you know, I, I, I know that some people do everything on their own and mm. there's sort of this very specific um, vision that they want to uh, commit to or, or like mm. try and, and see out that there isn't much room for uh, a change in. I think we're always open to new mm. ideas and to trying something out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. All you lost was a few minutes trying out an idea. Um, right. So it's really not that big a deal. And I think you get something, you know, I do think that if everybody's on board and working towards the same things, I think that you do get something better in the end by collaborating with people. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've just always, we've always worked that way. It, we always kind of prefer to work that way. Um, mm. Maybe that will change as we, as our heads get bigger down the road. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you know, Very it's cool. been working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Most definitely. Um, I wanted to dive in to your guys' current um, album, your fifth studio album. You guys released Spresatora, which is really awesome. I really enjoy listening Thank to that you. album. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoy it. I first wanted to start with the the title of the mm-hmm. album because I, I, I thought that was pretty astute. Um, I, I was even looking at, I had to look up what, what, what it meant. You know, as far as <laughs> yeah. what, what it was, and you know, and um, it's interesting just to say the 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 definition from the Webster Dictionary: a steady nonchalance, a grace graceful conduct, or performance without apparent effort. How did you guys come to naming the song that way? Was it just one of those things where it just kind of happened after everything was created, or was there kind of a uh, mm-hmm. you know a, a type of concept around around naming you know, the, the 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 album that? We are just that fucking cool. <laughs> uh, no. uh, any, anyone who's met us knows that's absolutely not true. <laughs> um, yeah. It, yeah, it was. Uh, it was after the fact. We we we'd been working on it, and we were like, oh, "We need a title for the record." And we we the last few records, we'd named them after song title, uh, and mm. we were like, "Let's not do that this time around." We've done that a couple times. Let's let's you know try and come up with something else. And there were a few things rolling around that we were getting closer to, um, to kind of feeling like, okay, maybe this will work that. And I had, um, I was reading something mm. and, uh, I think I had, I had a subscription to like the New Yorker at the time. And it was in like a little, they have little, these little columns that are just like little bits or whatever. Mm. And, 
it mentioned that word and I, it, I was just kind of like, this is a cool looking word. I like the idea, the concept that like something looks effortless, but in fact, uh, you know, took all this thought and effort to put into it. And I was like, this, this may as well just be the definition of art really. Like, cause it's, if yeah, it comes no. off, right. It's supposed to look like it's always been there. Right. Mm -hmm. But it takes sometimes years, uh, to make something seem that effortless, you know? And, right. uh, for for us, especially on this record, it seemed to really sum up things because we were so much more involved with every single little aspect of this. We put mm. ourselves right in the producer's chair for this one um, in a way that we hadn't done before. Uh, we uh, we yeah, sat like the down whole, the whole band like yeah dug in you know? right, and we, we we sat down to talk about like okay drum sounds, specific drum groupings for these songs, and then these songs right here are a little different, so we're gonna change out to this. And we had references for, you know, specific snare sounds that we wanted to get into. So that we went in, our engineer um, and co-producer, Benny Grotto, like knew exactly what we were going for. Um, I mean, we had a whole like written out like doc so that we would get what we wanted. Um, and mm. this was sort of the first time that we'd ever done anything like that. And that we actually went in um, with a very, like we, we came out with what we went in hoping to get which doesn't mm. always happen mm. um it's never happened until this point um and so kind of weird to be to be frank about it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but you know it's it's a really satisfying sort of experience i mean i always kind of um compare it to something wes anderson said about um you know he's talking about his first couple movies and like when he got to that point where he's like not you know where he finally realized his whole vision or whatever he's like you know rushmore he made and he loved it but he had to make a lot of compromises on it and then he made Ten and Bombs, and he was like, "I we got everything down to dressing the rooms and everything that he saw in his head and all that sort of thing." Mm. And you can see the difference, right? They're still very close, but mm. you can see like how much further he went into creating the world where all of yeah. those characters lived in. And mm. that's very much how I see this record and the one before it. We tried on the record before this one to get the horns on, um, mm. to to have that sort of um, muscle shoal sort of thing. We didn't quite get it. It was still more a little bit more like live in the room rock uh and there wasn't enough space to put any horns because we had too many mm -hmm. guitars in it and with this wow. one we set out while we were writing and arranging to make sure that we were going to have the space we wanted to make a bigger sound that wasn't just the same thing we'd done before mm. wow wow yeah um yeah it's a it's such a huge the 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 album just says has such a huge sound i mean especially mm -hmm. with the the first uh the first track loving you is a beautiful thing um mm -hmm. tell me a little <laughs> bit as far as the process of creating that one i think it's a perfect song to start the album and it really creates a really like just a huge a big tone for it and then with the horns and stuff and i was like oh wow this is something that i've you know i haven't heard uh i've i haven't heard i, I guess i haven't heard that type of sound and in quite some time really unique tell me about the just how that song came to be sure um that one i think uh it, it was kind of one of the earlier ones we wrote or at least when we knew we were writing a record it was um it was one of the earlier ones we wrote and um i remember i remember kind of wanting to write something like marvin Gaye's um how sweet it is to be loved by you mm. that sort of idea so it started off a little like not quite yeah, as glaring yeah yeah it was a little like not not tender but a little like more pulled back and like yeah i remember like even the chorus was like very it was more of a falsetto thing than just like a bah, you know mm -hmm. um 
so yeah, like that, like that was, it was a funny line from, to get from that initial stage to like what ended up on the record, which is just like this, like fucking, I'm going to kick you in the teeth now and uh, welcome to the record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think part of that might've even just been because we were in the rehearsal place and I couldn't really hear myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the vocals, you know, so yeah, I just started fair. belting it. I just started belting it, and I was like, actually, this kind of fits a little bit more. happen is that it went from this sweet thing to kind of this much more sultry uh blaring thing and what happens when we were writing like the lyrics it it kind of like all of a sudden it kind of started taking all these like more like instead of just sweet loving things it's more like these sexual connotations and these sort of like uh religious imagery to uh to talk about that and uh Mm. about doing it about doing a kid, yeah. Um, so, so there was a lot of like tongue-in-cheek little, you know, jokes and things about that, um, which is, you know, very utterly reflected in the music video we did point to. <laughs> I love that video so much, but it was such a pain in the ass to make. <laughs> uh, oh man! You know, yeah, it's I- got touches of psychedelia in it as well. Um, yeah. Like especially towards the end, where like everything's just kind of, you know, uh, almost falling apart, and then coming back together, and then you know the guitars and the, all the effects and things, and and we wanted it to just feel like a little bit like, uh, like I don't know, sort of wrapped up in that um, that sort of ecstasy sort of quality, you know, like that kind of mm. like uh, you're you're just you know sexy times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it's also you know to me like a, a sort of little testament to like how much uh, magic can happen when you're like with a band in a room like mm-hmm. working shit out because yeah. um, like you know the, and this is just throughout the entire record when it was uh, us you know our drummer at the time Chuck you know we'd bring in a song and then we just kind of feed off each other and then like Charles might do like a ridiculous thing and then that would lead Chuck to play a certain drum part and then it would come right back you know what i mean and then yeah. after you know after weeks of like working on a song or a couple songs like what you end up with is just you know you're you're kind of like yeah it evolves a, a few, little yeah yeah you're like miles away from where it started and it's better for it you know mm. um but yeah wow. no was, uh, that i remember that one in particular being being very fun and to work on it we were just kind of laughing <laughs> most of the time on that one. yeah well and you know you, you got to understand too a lot of this stuff when we're working it out in the rehearsal space there are no horns there so yeah, yeah. Mm. we've we've got to be kind of thinking about like okay they're going to go here and kind of trusting like okay this is going to fill out this section so don't play something here or don't don't start overplaying just because we're in a room yeah. playing together like we know mm. we're going to fill this later so it was one of those things also when we heard back like the so we go in and track and then it was like, okay, well, now we got to send this to Andy, who's going to, you know, help us with the arrangements. Mm. And um, and they come back and you just be like, fuck, this is it. This is, you know, now it's <laughs> now it's really come together sort of thing, you know? Wow. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah even just the, the arrangement of the horns and just the different parts that they play throughout the song. It's like, man, I really like this. It has like a really big band sound, you know, feel to it. It's really right, cool. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Man. Um, what are some other songs on the album, I guess, that maybe stick out to you, whether the moment of creating them or just what they represent to you guys? 
it's it's funny because like I feel like I've been living in this record for the last two years, and like now I'm like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think uh, for me, the one I I kind of keep coming back to is uh, been so long since we've seen the sun. Um, mm. Just because it was very, you know, it's 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 like anything creative where like it could mean, you know, it, it signifies multiple things to you depending on which way the wind's blowing, mm. you know, on that day. But um, that song, I I remember the chorus of it, like the very very basic structure of the chorus, and then the line's been so long since we've seen the sun was something that had been floating around for a very 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 long time, mm. and. I think there were like maybe a couple other attempts and I'm, I'm talking like 15 years of just like randomly, mm-hmm. you know, trying to fit that into a song and then it would never work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think as I was sort of writing the initial, uh, version of it that ended up on the album that just popped back into my head mm-hmm. and it, it finally fit this time. And it was just this thing of like, ah, finally, finally wrote that song. I've been, <laughs> been meaning to write for, for however long. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we, we've talked about this uh, before, but like a, a bulk of the record was written during this really terrible, horrible winter in, uh, in the Northeast, uh, where basically we were just stuck in our apartment for, for weeks. Uh, it was like the snow was that bad. So, you know, I just have this vivid memory of staring out the window at this barren fucking landscape and idly just strumming on the guitar and like the you know i remember a lot of the words are just kind of just spilling out you know Mm. um so that that to me is the sort of strongest memory of uh the record as far as like the songwriting Mm. or the initial songwriting of it uh goes was just like this thing of like i I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I need to be free, man. You know, <laughs> just just a, a little bit of context with that, and why um, why this stuff is so important and intertwined is uh, mm-hmm. we started writing the record. We moved from Miami to Boston years and years ago. We spent sixteen years in Boston um, oh. before moving to LA. Now, so we've been here about three years in LA. Um, and at the time of writing this record, we had just kind of had our fill with Boston, and yeah. Uh, needed to sort of go out. And, th- and then this, this terrible winter happened where like basically every Monday from like the end of January to beginning of March, we had a blizzard mm. and, you know, anywhere between six to 12 inches of snow and it's just going nowhere. And you have to get up earlier and earlier to get into your car to shovel out snow and go. And it was just so grueling. And like, but at that point, that's when we were like, okay, well we're moving out late. Like we, we had, <laughs> we had friends out here. We liked it out here, all that sort of thing. So when we yeah. kind of been, you know, toying with the idea and it was like, let's just get out. And so you got to understand that while we are writing this record, we know that's going to happen. Hmm. So a lot of that stuff in its own way, like made it onto the record. So been so long since we've seen the sun is one of those things. Another one that sticks out, sticks out to me. Um, and especially lately is renters for life. Mm. Um, that one's definitely about life yeah. in Boston. Um, mm. and you know, it's about life in probably a lot of cities by, the, by this point, but mm. particularly then, 
those years ago. Um, it was, um, it was just, we were getting pushed and pushed out and, mm. uh, you know, and you were still renting. It's not like you, you be getting pushed out and you might be able to like, you know, buy a place yeah, buy a like further <laughs> out, you know, you have to just do as much work and then just pay a little less rent. And, yeah, you know, it just, it, it got to be too much. Um, mm. and so that, that song is about, you know, it's about that. And it's about also, uh, you know, kind of playing around with yourself and being like, but this is fine, right? This is totally cool. I love this, you know? Mm. <laughs> it's so worth it to live with, you know, four other people, you know? <laughs> and three dogs and, you know, and, and pay this rent. And because uh, I'm only two minutes from the train. I love yeah. it. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> yeah. But we love the big city where the Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, unfortunately, uh, there's <laughs> it's very similar to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Although it's, I, it's, I will say it's easier here. It, yeah, there's that we don't have rent control in Boston. Number one, mm. um, that doesn't mm. exist. So you, you can, I feel like you can find better deals over mm. here that just don't exist um, over yeah. there because there is. I mean, there's still not enough housing here, but there's mm. really less housing over there. Um, wow. So, you know, it's you exchange one thing for a slightly less version of it, you know, but it's still a problem. It's still, you know, this, this has just become a, a nationwide problem. And it's a generational thing, too, where we, you know, that idea that you can save up to buy a house is just no longer there. We are renters for life. Like, we will all be yeah. renting for the rest of our lives. Please don't yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need well, a yard and you, a dog, please. You can, you can rent a house, Henry. All right, I'll take it. All right, fine. Um, but as you long know, as we get the dog, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, it's really just a space. I don't, at this point, I don't give a fuck about owning it or whatever. But um, but it is a it is a thing. There's just less less available. We're all. I mean, there's just less of all of that for all of us. I mean, yeah. My parents, uh, you know, weren't they they weren't born here. They came to this country. They worked hard. They were able to save up. They had a family. And this was all like, my mom was in her 20s, you know? Mm. And towards the mm. you know middle end of that, they were able to buy a house. Uh, yeah. And that's not, that was not an uncommon thing, you know? Um, right. And that's that's nothing any, um, any of your children have been able to do, you know? Mm. So that's where, that's where we're at. <laughs> right, right. No, this yeah. is fine. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, it's such an important, um, that's such an important conversation too. Right. I mean, especially mm -hmm. with, um, I don't want to get too political, but it's as far yeah. as this people of color, you know, it's, it's more of a reality um, yeah. for a lot of folks. And then yeah. even when you buy a house, you're still kind of renting it because you still got to pay off the mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it and, and in that way, too, it's kind of like, well, I don't even know really what makes more sense at this point. You know, mm -hmm. it's like and, and you know, like uh, at what age does it not even make sense to buy a house if you've been thinking about that? And, and is it that important? It's just I, I think we're all wrapped up in our own all those things that we kind of um, were told when we grow up and you kind of have to fight against some of them and, um, and, and, and kind of see what, what is really, uh, what is at the core of what's the important thing. Right. 
Um, yeah. Jen, you're not, you're not telling me my dream of being an astronaut is unrealistic, are you? <laughs> I, I say go for it, Henry. You can still do it. Oh, thank God. As long as I don't have to go back to Florida. God damn. That's funny. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, what's, what's the most difficult song on the album you guys wrote for Respiratory? Uh, difficult. Fucking difficult a, Henry, you you already know the answer to that question. <laughs> do I? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you fucking do. <laughs> I was gonna say difficult uh, spiritually or difficult. Oh my god, I'm sick of this. Okay, Diffi- just- difficult. Charles and I want to be like, why the hell do you have to make each verse a different chord structure? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck so you. All, you know what song? Okay. You know exactly the fucking song I'm talking about. I'm you t- fucking know. Was it, is it waiting you're talking about? <laughs> no, you asshole. It's cresting waves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, no, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I brought in uh, I brought in cresting waves uh, to, to Jen. And, uh, you know, my, my, my whole line of thinking is always, uh, how can I screw this up just enough to make it? Well, I think it's interesting. Everyone else thinks it's really annoying. Um, he brings like, in a song in G yeah, sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Number nope. one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much that's going to resonate to, to listeners. No, uh, nobody will get but, that. But, but apparently G, I think G sharp is a perfectly fine key to, hmm. to write a song in the hell with Jen, you. You know, J- the face <laughs> Jen made was like, what the fuck? Man. Like, uh, and then like, I guess like Charles got upset by that too. I'm like, well, I don't get it. Like, oh, wow. let's play the fucking song. It's in G sharp and it will stay in G sharp. God damn it. Yeah. And then, and then he like has the nerve to make the different verses, like a different, like it's, it's, here's the thing. It's not a different, like, it's a different chord structure, but it's not like it's okay. We're, we're going to use a different set of chords. He uses the same goddamn chords, just puts them in a different order. So that couldn't be more confusing. Remember that thing I was saying earlier about keeping it fun for everyone else. Yeah, That was a liar. I'm I'm making it fun for me. Fuck fuck all you. Basically, Charles can't really get from Alpha under that because the chords are the chords. But I'm just like, you know what? I'm not playing any fucking chords on this song. It's, I'm playing all licks, so I don't have to learn your fucking chords. All right? I, my genius will not be disrespected in such... This aggression will not stand, man. To hell with you. You do that shit on purpose, I'm, so... You know. I do. Yeah, I will not be pulled um, in, Begristain. <laughs> and then aloud broke up and the, that was <laughs> uh, We're all very it stubborn. is funny though because we we've only we've played that song a total of one time <laughs> live we'll, and, we'll uh, never play it live never we'll see we'll see <laughs> The whole uh, audience is just is just shouting the the name of that song. Yes, yes. I love it. Like, probably everybody up until now has been like, oh, they get along really well. I've always known each other, and then they're like, 
fucking blood. Yeah. But behind the scenes, everything was falling apart. <laughs> sometimes that shows. Sometimes yeah. that shows that shows how well people do. Uh, you know, get along. You know, when you can't express that, when people are too quiet, you're like, they're not gonna fucking make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was exactly. recording the record like? It was good. We didn't punch each other every other uh, we never saw each other during the process of making this record <laughs> yeah they blindfolded me uh, right right <laughs> Woo. oh man yeah good very, times very cool very cool i wanted to ask you guys what what are what's some what what what's some new what is uh some, some new music that you guys have been listening to that you've discovered during this this whole quarantine thing oh, yeah um well, I think during this time, it's been um, the, there's the Fiona Apple record last month, and yeah. then uh, this mm. month, and like what will may end up being my favorite record this year. I think I know it's we're early in, but the new Nicole Atkins record, mm. uh, yeah. Italian Ice, is called, is mm. just fabulous. Um, it's so fucking good. There's it's some, upsetting. <laughs> there's some great people on that record. Binky Griptite um, from the Dap Kings mm. is on it. Um, uh, Britt Daniels from Spoon is on the record um and just a great host of players they did it all at uh muscle shoals um so it sounds amazing um mm. and and the songs are just sort of that like she, she kind of said it's sort of like a new jersey boardwalk sort of it you want to get that like in audio form on that all her memories of growing up um in Asbury park and that, and having like the New York stations come in and the Philly soul stations come in. So there's, there's like some of the songs sort of sound like, Oh, somebody was listening to a bit of Blondie. And then this sounds like, you know, all the more of the soul influence comes into here. And she's such a great singer. She's such mm. a great singer, a great songwriter and, uh, and a fantastic arranger. Cause she arranged all that stuff herself too. Um, mm. So it, it's just, it is a very great record. It came out just at the end of May. Um, oh, definitely wow. worth, uh, picking up yeah uh alicia blue just put out a record uh, not too long ago and it's just been stuck in my head for for weeks uh great bird hmm. uh yeah she's based so here good. in la oh yeah. cool wow yeah wow i dig music man <laughs> <laughs> very cool very good. I'll check those. I'll check those out I, I i i like asking people what they're listening to during this i think mom this is strangely enough. This has been a pretty good year for music. I feel like um, mm -hmm. I've been. Yeah. I think one of my favorite albums so far this year is uh, Tom Mish and Yusef Day's "What Kind of Music." I don't know if you guys have listened to that before. Oh no, no. Ooh. Oh man, great! You should album. Check that out. Yeah, great album. Just, just music. Yeah, I mean, it's mainly. It's. I feel like it's mainly instrumentals, but mm -hmm. such a great album. Such cool. a Yeah, such a great album. Very cool. Um. One of the last things I just wanted to ask you guys, uh, I mean, I know obviously the quarantine is making everything challenging. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What's what, 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 is there anything that you you guys are currently working on while you're indoors yeah. or is there any particular, you know, plans that you guys hope to present in the future? Yeah. Uh, well, apart from, uh scrambling to figure out how to promote a fucking record <laughs> with all this uh so that's that's eating up a bit of time but we actually uh we got around to writing a new song uh, just yesterday yeah. um and the exciting thing about right now is the uh <clears throat> so the the record uh, uh um 
we did that with uh like we recorded it back in boston so like the lineup we assembled here with uh you know like charles is still still around but our, our drummer chris uh, and then vanessa on trumpet and elena on sax Mm. Uh, we haven't really, we've done like a few singles with them, but I'm really, really, really excited to yeah, start working see, on the album how, see what we could do with, mm. with all of them, you right. know, and, uh, especially since I miss them terribly. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are but, writing for the next one already, but in the meantime, uh, we're, we're, we do have plans to start uh, to do uh, another music video this year that will be, you know, we shoot it outside, uh, just a couple hours you know, far away mm. from each other. Thank goodness for Zoom lenses. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so we'll, we'll be doing a bit of that. Um, we, we talked about maybe um, batting around some ideas to do like a monthly podcast. Mm. And uh, we also have, and this is already set up and people can go sign up for this, but we created something called the Deep Listen. Mm. And it's th th this is what we use to launch and release the album, basically. So it's... Mm six um correct me if i'm wrong henry six emails six days yeah, yeah uh all 11 songs over the course of six days you get an email that takes you to a page with just all kinds of exclusive um stuff from the session so you get like production notes you get the songs themselves two a day um and there's um little little documentaries and little commentary videos that we put together that's got footage from there and us talking about the songs and the processes for each of them Oh, wow. um and uh you know if there's any video content for them like live performances or actual music videos they're there on those pages as well um so it, it kind of like we kind of thought of it as like sort of 3d liner notes and mm. sort of we thought about like well what don't you see most of the times from when you you know you pick up a record by your favorite artist or whatever and let's make that accessible let's make the whole process of you know getting the song in the studio to coming out like you know, those things we talked about with the tones and everything else, all of our notes are there, you know, um, we kept all that stuff. So we just made it available to people who sign up for this. And it's, it's mm. sort of a deep dive into the record. Wow. Really cool. Wow. That's really cool. I'll check that out for myself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, It's out there. Anybody can yeah. sign up at any time and you'll, and it'll kick off all the emails to you and stuff. It's, yeah. it's it was very fun. Yeah. Cool. Very awesome. Very yeah. awesome. Well, Jen and Henry, it's been a great pleasure and honor having you guys on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you, man. This Thanks is, for uh, having us. This is fun. And uh, just, again, shout out to to our bandmates. Uh, we love you and miss you so much. And I can't wait to get in a room and give you shit. <laughs> She's sharp, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Next song will be in B flat, right? <laughs> that's my kryptonite. No, uh, it's easy if you play it on piano B flat. So maybe that's what yeah. I'll do to him next time. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair deuce. Uh, <laughs> like, luckily, I'm a tenor saxophone player, so it's already in <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Elena. Elena's immune from your shenanigans. <laughs> I just want to get you. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see, Delosa. <laughs> uh, well, well, there you have it, folks. This is Jarrell Powell from the 440 Guitar Podcast. We'll jam again soon and have a good day. Words not just hanging.